You are tuned in to the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl Watchlist Show with your hosts Rick Staratella and Joe Everett, featuring NFLPA Bowl Executive Director Dane Vandernath. Back at it again here on the NFLPA Bowl Spotlight Show. Uh, it is December 27th. Happy holidays to everybody. Hope you're getting some rest and relaxation. Of course, we are never relaxing here at the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl, and uh, we have a firmed-up roster, so uh, that'll be unveiled soon on the NFLPA Bowl website. Of course, you can follow us at NFLPA Bowl, and I am your host today, Rick Saratella, telling it like it is. When it comes to the NFL Draft since 2002, it's what we do over at the NFL Draft Bible. Check them out, and I'll be riding a shotgun, or Dane Vandernat will be riding shotgun with me. Uh, for the next half hour or so with our uh, guest lined up. And he is the director of college recruiting at the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl uh, for the past five months or so, hitting the uh, country coast to coast. And now the uh, product has come to fruition. We'll be out in Pasadena for the game on January 18th. But make sure you tune into the NFL Network all week long. They're going to have uh, coverage of our practices. Uh, the coaching staff announced. Maybe we'll get into that a little bit here. Uh, but at NFL Network all week long, uh, I believe 7 p.m. Eastern time, January 28th, uh, January 18th. So much going on, so much to get to. So uh, with that being said, let's welcome in Dane Vandermatt on the NFL PA Bowl hotline. Dane, how are we doing today? I'm doing great, Rick. How about yourself, man? Oh, man, I'm hanging. I'm getting anxious. I'm all, uh, you know, up late at night, uh, up early morning. I can't sleep. I'm so anxious for Pasadena, and I'm uh, really looking forward to the talent that's going to be on hand. And more exciting uh, this past week, you know, are the assistant coaches that we unveiled. And we had known that Marvin Lewis and Hugh Jackson were going to be the two head coaches, obviously bringing uh, tons of experience there. But this coaching staff, as it is every year, loaded with uh, legends, Hall of Famers, all pro players, undrafted players. And, uh, you know, the players will get a chance to learn from these guys, not only as coaches, not only as men, but also uh, with our educational seminars throughout the week as these players make the transition to the next level. And uh, this is just one of the many, many benefits of the NFL PA Bowl. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, obviously you get fired up when you sit here. The number one, just thinking about getting these guys out there. I keep relating it to everyone I talk to is akin to, you know, after the draft, going to rookie minicamp, finally getting all the toys you've been sitting here trying to assemble and then getting to go play with them out, you know, out there on the field and watch them run around and, uh, you know, actually get back to football a little bit. So, hey, man, really excited for, for Pasadena here in just a short few weeks. And then, obviously, as you're saying here with the coaching staffs, man, I was really fortunate to work with a number of these guys, like Hall of Famers and Rod Woodson and, uh, you know, <laughs> other guys who should be in the Hall of some sort of fame and personalities like Bob Wiley. we got Steve Wisniewski getting out there, the old great Raider that I got the chance to work with up in Oakland. And, um, you know, obviously, Jackie Slater working with O-Line. You get guys like Santana Moss. You know, just guys that can really relate their experience to all of our participants, you know, give them that wisdom, the things that made them successful, 
getting that mind frame right, the, the, the whole nine yards, man. I think it's really, you know, a, a unique benefit that, you know, our participants are afforded here. And I'm sure the good old uh, Trey's going to be fired up, man, to see that, you know, getting coached by people by the likes of Kevin Falk at running back to be able to sit there and talk about his days up with the New England Patriots, winning Super Bowls, being able to wear multiple hats to really add that value and, uh, you know, establish yourself as a mainstay on the roster, man. So uh, just fire it up all the way around, man. Now, some outstanding coaches, some usual suspects, some new faces. Uh, you know, Anthony Beck always does a great job with the tight ends. I love watching him get after it and the way he coaches. He's an intense guy and always fun to learn from. And then uh, you have guys, you know, additional guys that have been head coaches like Jim, Jimmy Hazlitt is going to be one of the assistants. And, uh, you know, he's going to have a bunch of knowledge to pass forward to these guys. And, you know, then I see some guys who are uh, aspiring head coaches and maybe some uh, head coaches in waiting uh, Marvin Lewis, you know, serving as a consultant this past season to Herm Edwards. We talked about that on earlier shows. He's bringing some of that Sun Devil flavor to Pasadena with uh, Kevin Mawai and uh, Mike Bercovici, um, two of the offensive coaches for the national team. So, uh, And then, of course, the well-respected Dennis Thurman for Hugh Jackson's uh, defensive coordinator. So uh, Hugh will be calling some plays out there as well. I know he's looking forward to that. And uh, we have the whole entire list, Jeff Blake, another uh, uh, aspiring head coach in waiting. So uh, a whole slew of guys that you can go on to the uh, website, collegiant.nflpa.com. You can get the entire list. And, uh, you know, we're going to be profiling as many players as we can here leading up to Pasadena, which is really unbelievable. Uh, two weeks away, and uh, I think we'll be departing in about yeah two weeks, and we'll be out there for the duration. So, uh, you know, we're waiting for Tri Minter, the South Alabama running back. We're hoping to have him here shortly on the NFL PA Bowl Spotlight Show. But in the meantime, Dane, we got a few minutes, I guess, to to kick around. So, uh, you know, let's just talk about uh, some of the happenings out in Pasadena. We had some uh, last second roster additions. I know that this past week, uh, anybody that you care to highlight? Yeah, sure. I mean, obviously, we got a couple wide receivers that we announced uh, in uh, Stephen Gidry. We got a couple Wake Forest commits here, and Kendall Hinton, who's a former quarterback turned wide receiver. Really going to be fun seeing him because I'm so anxious to know, as a former quarterback, how he's uh, you know assimilated to the receiver position while using his knowledge of the passing game. You know, the things that he is a quarterback, considered quarterback friendly when it comes to receiving routes, when it comes to understanding the leverage that the receiver must have on the defensive back, et cetera. So I really am you know, anxious to see just how far he's truly come as a wide receiver, how many more strides, no pun intended, he'll make out there on the field, you know, as he continues that, you know, uh, uh, tr transaction to the receiving side of things. And then also Scotty Washington, you know, big bodied you know, a wide receiver who can go out there, who can high point passes. I had the luxury of seeing him earlier in the season live against Rice, and he made a couple of outstanding Moss-esque type plays, just going up, stealing that ball in midair and taking it into the end zone. So I know that, you know, he had a couple injuries during the year and 
you know, the stats may not have been there, but I think that everyone's going to come to appreciate just Scotty Washington's ability to play big boy football, which is always something that's coveted by NFL teams because you need that guy. The, the most important thing, though, especially for guys like Scotty Washington and then for a guy like Kendall Hinton, though, is if you're not a starting receiver in the NFL, and everybody needs to know this and needs to hear this, if you're not a starting receiver in the NFL, then you must have a role in special teams. And that goes for just about every single position, albeit not for necessarily offensive and defensive linemen. But um, if you're not going to be a starter, if you want to be on the 53-man roster, and especially if you want to be on a 46-game-day roster, then you need to have a cork contributing um, aspect to your game to go play on punt, punt return, kick, kick return, and be able to factor into it and not just be out there running through the motions. Nobody wants to see a guy run down three-quarters speed on punt and then just get blocked. No, I want to see you haul ass down there, make some effort, shed a block, come off, and either make a tackle or at least get in the way to where you're going to funnel the returner to where your help is. So um, there's certainly a lot that guys are going to have to get accustomed to because we know, Rick, a lot of the times rookies going into the NFL, man, they were the cream of the crop at their school, but now they're going to go be the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth guy on the depth chart when they initially get to their NFL team. So it's going to be you know, incumbent upon them to establish themselves more so than just to back up at their primary position, they need to go befriend that special teams coordinator day one. No doubt about it. We're talking uh, NFL PA Bowl and uh, lessons to be learned here by Dane Vandernat, the director of the NFL PA Bowl, along with Rick Saratella. We're waiting patiently for Tri-Mentor. Hopefully we have them. If not, hey, you know what? We're freestyling here and giving you some names you need to know. And you mentioned Wake Forest, Dane. Uh, I had a chance to go down to Winston-Salem week one, a handful of players uh, that I, not only did I get a chance to see, I got a chance to meet and speak and hang out with their family. I might have hit a tailgate there, uh, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, it, it's uh, funny this past week uh, with, with the additions of Hinton and Scotty Washington, I had some of the parents hit me up and say, hey, uh, Pasadena is becoming Wake Forest West out there. We got all these Wake Forest guys and uh, the cornerbacks and Bassey and Henderson. So we're going to have some Demon Deacon flavor. Of course, they'll be taking on Michigan State in the bowl games. You get a chance to uh, catch those guys over there. And then, um, you know, two other guys that we added here kind of late in the game that uh, I'm interested to see because you you talked about the uh, special teams versatility, Dane. Then you got other guys. You know, I, I go back to a year ago or two years ago with Tony Pollard. Uh, I think he was down at the Senior Bowl from Memphis, and you said, uh, you know, some guys like him as a slot, some guys like him as a running back. Uh, I said, I don't care what, what you do with him, just get the ball in his hands. And uh, also some special teams uh, uh, flavor there. But, uh, you know, this um, – Antonio Gibson from Memphis. Uh, you know, some scouts may view him as a receiver. Some scouts may view him as a running back. And then, you know, we also added the TCU uh, back, Sewu Alanawi Lua. And uh, Sewu, you can uh, hit me when you see me out in Pasadena for butchering up your name. But, um, you know, just watching him play the flashes and things that I've seen, I mean, this is a, not only is he a thumper, but he's an athlete now. 
Uh, he is going to time, you know, probably uh, from what I understand in the four, four range, someone who has a 40 inch uh, vertical jump. So now when you get them into Pasadena and you kind of have them, you know, splitting reps, maybe uh, teams want to get a look at him at fullback because he's a big boy, but he's also got that athleticism to possibly be a running back at the next level. And if you can just shed some light on those two guys, because I think they're two of the more intriguing players in terms of finding a position at the next level. Yeah. And just as we were talking about with special teams versatility and, you know, I mean, it's so important for these guys to wear different hats and wear many hats and find ways to just continue to not all continue to preach it, but to add value because, you know, again, just because you were a starter in college doesn't mean you're going to be, you know, active or even making a roster in the NFL. One does not equal the other. So uh, these guys certainly need to display their versatility and they're going to have this great opportunity down at the Rose Bowl in front of over 200 scouts and GMs. Um, it's all there for their taking and it's incumbent upon them to make the most of this opportunity. But to answer the question, I mean, you know, Antonio Gibson, I'll be honest with you, man, I went into Memphis and, you know, he was a little bit of an unknown. Um, and obviously he had his coming out party against SMU, but I thought throughout the season, he continued to display a lot of versatility. They got him more involved in the running game from the backfield. I may, you know, go on on a limb here and say that I actually like his prospects more as a running back slash offensive weapon than maybe a pure wide receiver. But he's got great size. He's going to be over six foot. He's going to be, you know, north of 200, 210 pounds. So he's going to have the size to be able to play tailback if he wants. But he's also going to be a thicker framed wide receiver that can line up in the slot, catch the football underneath, and have the strength to be able to break a tackle and turn just a routine five, eight-yard play into potentially an explosive 10, 15-plus-yard play. So, you know, he's been able to, I mean, at least in that SMU game, he obviously displayed his versatility. I think he had a rushing touchdown, receiving touchdown, and a kick return touchdown. Now, what's important here is that kick return value isn't necessarily as valuable as punt return value, but the fact that he can go back there and be that kick returner you know, find, try and find that niche. A guy like Cordero Patterson in the NFL, who's made, you know, his living on the kick return side as a gunner on special teams, uh, you know, running down, covering kicks, making tackles, just being, again, that jack of all type has really been a benefit for him. Uh, and I see Antonio, you know, having more versatility offensively, but we did the same thing with Cordero back in 2017 with the Raiders. We put him in the backfield and handed him the ball. He had a couple of explosive runs for touchdowns, including a pivotal play on fourth and short against the Chargers that he took to the house. Excuse me. So um, I see Antonio having a lot of different uh, hats that he's able to wear uh, for his upcoming team. And then when it comes to say, well, boy, I'm not even going to try the last name, uh, Rick, because I don't want him funding me down there on the field either. But um, <laughs> I'll tell you what, man kid looks like a defensive end and a good looking one when you see him physically i mean he's every bit of 6'3 240 at least and like you mentioned man he's got some feet he looks like a dancing bear at times uh you know so he's gonna be a little bit of a project you know he is a former tailback they did run some two-back stuff with he and darius anderson at tcu this last year 
So he has been comfortable being on the field and not necessarily the primary ball carrier, but he's a big body guy. He's tough. He's physical. I think some teams are going to be really intrigued to see what he can do as a blocker in this setting. And then obviously we can, we know that we'll probably mix in a couple of run plays for him and try and get him involved in the offensive game plan a little bit. So, um, you know, that's our job here at the NFL PA Bowl. We want to put our players in the best position so that they can shine in front of all 32 teams so that they can have as many practice and game reps as possible and that we can really help them, um, you know, shine in their evaluation. So, um, you know, really looking forward to getting all of our players, including Trey here, getting him involved in the passing game, letting him display his versatility in addition to obviously – the thumping style running back that he is. Well, hey, you talk about special teams. He's a guy that, you know, returns kicks and punts and does it all as a receiver out of the backfield. And from Mobile, Alabama, we kind of feel like we might have stole one there. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a platform for these guys to show, you know, for a guy like Sewu to prove that he can block. Because uh, obviously the more you can do, the more valuable you are at the next level. And uh, Cordaro Patterson is a great example uh, because here's a guy that, you know, he's bounced around the league, but he's made a pretty good living uh, being a return man. He's never had, you know, more than 500 yards as a receiver. Sometimes you see, you still see him lining up in the backfield there and making plays as a running back. He could be out wide, uh, but, you know, he's been able to stick around for a very long time because he's been averaging remarkably i just looked it up 30 yards per return uh over 200 kick returns for his career to average 30 yards per return and have seven touchdowns for a touchdown uh seven returns for touchdown i mean he's approaching devin hester-esque type numbers uh which is pretty incredible and you know these guys are going to have a chance we saw it, uh last year with the kid from assumption he comes out to pasadena as a relatively unknown five foot six and change. And now he's in a position to be a, a key contributor on that Saints team. They're getting geared up for a Super Bowl run. And uh, he's going to be, you know, a key factor in the determining the field position. So, um, you know, you mentioned something and we have a lot of draft mix. We have a lot of uh, people who cover the draft in the media, aspiring scouts. And you said something earlier, Dane, that I want you to elaborate on. You said uh, you value the, the punt returner ability more so than the kick returner ability. Can you explain that to us? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, you know, the, the other thing I want to mention real quick before I do, as far as Cordell Patterson's concerned, I'll tell you what, when, you know, when we evaluated him leaving Minnesota after his rookie contract, one of the most impressive aspects of his game, because obviously we know him as the explosive kick returner that he is, and he has game-changing kick return ability as he's continued to display throughout his uh, you know, NFL career in different stops. But the thing about Court Harold that may be as impressive is watching him as a gunner. Because you're talking about a man who's 6'4", 210 plus in size, and he is explosive, as we know, as an athlete. His ability to outmuscle vice uh, defenders on punt team is remarkable. His ability to get downfield and go corral and, and tackle punt returners is equally as impressive to me as his kick return. Um, so it, it is a multitude of, of you know aspects of his special teams game 
that's made him so productive and, and, you know, quite frankly, what's gotten him this nice NFL career that he's obviously had. But, it, it, you know, as I go back and talk about the difference in value with the NFL rules changes and them trying to eliminate a lot of the kickoffs now, so more than ever, as we all see on Sundays when we're sitting here watching an NFL game, is that most of the time kicks aren't even returned out of the end zone. So because now it's difficult to get to the 25-yard line on a consistent basis as a kick returner, guys are much more so encouraged and coached to, you know, hey, if the balls kick, you know, further than minus three deep, then just take a knee, don't even bother to return it because we're likely not going to get a 28-yard return. That's very difficult. If you look up NFL kick return averages, they're going to be, you know, in between the 20 and 24 yard per return rate. So it's difficult to get as far as the 25 if you're already in minus territory. Whereas as a punt returner, albeit if you get a nice sky high punt or if they're trying to pin you or they kick away from you, a la Tyree Kill, you're not going to get a lot of opportunities. But for those that do, you're going to get more returns as a punt returner than you will as a kick returner. So Well, the NFL is crafting rules to ostensibly eliminate a lot of the kick returns, they still have the ones that are going to, you know, allow punt returners to flourish. So if you have punt return ability, then NFL teams are going to look for you. And we always put them into two categories. You had the safe returners, the guys you just felt safe going back there. Hey, critical situation. We're down five in the game. We're forcing a punt. We're going to get the ball back go put back the safe returner because we want to make sure that we field it. We already know we're going to be backed up and it's not very likely we're going to return it to the house. So let's just go make sure we catch it. We can get our offense out there, go down, score, touch it out, win the game. And then you have obviously the guys that have, you know, maybe a little more explosive athleticism or a little more game-changing ability, a lot of the Tyreek Hill, who you go put back there and put back there if it is a, you know, um, uh, another time where you sit there and think, hey, we may be able to get a really good return on this one. Okay, let's go put back the guy that's got some juice in his legs that may be able to rip off a, a longer return. So um, at any rate, when it comes to the return, NFL teams are always looking for punt returners because you're going to get more opportunities um, more so than kick returners. And the other part, you know, I'm sorry, Rick, I'm going to add one more to my lengthy uh, monologue here. Sure. Um, it's more difficult to catch punts. Okay, and that's obviously a part that I overlooked here. Many more guys can get back there and field kickoffs than they can accurately judge a punt because a punt's obviously coming off, you know, a a punter's foot differently than a kickoff is off of a tee. Um, So the punt is going to change. It's got more hang time. It's going to be affected more by weather and wind, and it's more difficult to judge where it's going to land accurately, as we all see with muff punts. You don't really see a lot of muff kickoffs. You see, you know, far more muff punts. So it's more difficult to find a guy who can consistently get under, accurately judge the placement of the football on a punt than it is on kickoff. So because of that, it's a more coveted skill. Great perspective. And uh, nobody uh, delivers this kind of information like we do here at the NFL PA Bowl Spotlight Show. The only all-star game here that does a weekly podcast brings you the process each and every week. We're transparent with it. Uh, We did this uh, every week throughout the season, kind of profiling where we were at, who we were scouting. And, uh, you know, we were scheduled to have Trey Minter here from South Alabama. He just texted me that he's going to call in. 
hopefully we get him here. We'll give him five more minutes or so, Dane. While we do that, while we wait for Trey Minter of South Alabama, let me uh, toss around a couple names that excite me. And if we, you know, I, oh, we do have Trey. So let's, let's go to Trey. We'll wait for the next episode uh, to give you some guys that are really uh, in, intriguing myself and Dane. And hopefully we get uh, Von Hutchins, who's usually along for the ride also. So uh, with that being said, uh, we've talked about the NFL PA Bowl. Let's get Trey Minter on South Alabama running back, joining us on the NFL PA Bowl Spotlight Show. Trey, how are we doing today? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? We're doing well. We appreciate you taking some time here and, and hopping on with uh, Dane Vandernat and myself, Dane, the executive director of college scouting at the NFL PA Bowl. And, uh, you know, you're talking to the men responsible for helping you bring bring you out there. And uh, we got a head, heads up from our guy, Ron Hill, that there's a running back down in South Alabama, the do-it-all, all-purpose type of back that you guys need to take a look at. But uh, for those hearing about you for the first time uh for those scouts that are going to go and pop in your game film or for those scouts that are going to go out to pasadena and watch you play uh give us a little sneak peek preview of what they're going to see um they're just going to see um you know uh a quick guy hands out the backfield um great vision um very versatile guy you know i can do punt return kick return and um, it's a very hard work. Hey, Trey, how you doing, man? It's Dane Vandernat. You know, first of all, we're excited to get you over there, man, down to Pasadena. See you. Come out and display all you got, man. And uh, like I said, we've had both Ron and Vaughn Hutchins raving about you. Really anxious to see you live myself. But you, you kind of hit on a key word here in the theme of the day that Rick and I have been talking about. We were talking about versatility. We were talking about special teams ability, you know, and, and the biggest thing for me when I was evaluating a running back coming out of college is I wanted to see, is this just the first and second down runner for the NFL? Or is this a guy that can catch the football off the backfield, understand pass protection schemes and contribute on special teams? So for all of our listeners that are out there, give them a little sense of, what you've done in the past. Tell us a little bit about your different facets of your game. Um, and you kind of, you know, like specific question, like, you know. Well, you know, I mean, just tell us, I mean, you know, you mentioned you've, you've been a punt returner. I know you caught 32 balls this past season, but just kind of give us a little bit about your playing history, if you will, different positions you've played or okay. different, you know, spots you've been able to contribute at in your playing career. Yeah, in high school, um, I led the state of Georgia um, in rushing yards. I had 2,456 2, rushing yards in high school, led the whole state. Um, I played both sides of the ball. I played um, – Running back, and I played linebacker. I played safety, cornerback, um, punter. Then I did. I was a kick returner specialist. Also, then punt returner, kick returner. Um, I went out in junior college in Garden City. Only did one position there, but I played running back, and uh, I was all American running back out in Garden City, Kansas. And I took a trip to South Alabama, and now. Um, return specialist, kit returner, punt returner. So 
I've been doing this for a long time, and it's nothing new to me. I've always been a versatile guy. Hey, Trey, Rick again here. You know, you mentioned uh, Garden City where, you know, you led the uh, that level of, uh, of football there in, in rushing. You guys won a title there. Then you come to uh, South Alabama. You transfer uh, nearly 2,000 all-purpose yards this past season. Uh, take us through your journey uh, uh, from Garden City Community College out, all the way out to South Alabama, uh, what led you to uh, Garden City, and why did you choose South Alabama? What led me to Garden City was um, I was a late qualifier coming out of high school, so um, I didn't have many choices. Um, I did have a couple offers, but I didn't have many choices being a late qualifier, so that what led me to going to Garden City. So once I got out to Garden City, I was registered in my first year. Um, it kind of brought a lot out of me. You know, um, I was kind of laid back my first year being red-shirted. So being red-shirted kind of brought the beast inside of me out. And the next year, I competed for a spot. I won the starting, the starting job for Coach Jeffrey Sims, and I was excited. So I ended up I went in the, winning the spot. Um, like I said, I went out there. Um, I was the number two running back coming out of Duco at the time. Um, we won the national title. We won 11-0 that season beating Arizona Western December 3rd, 2016, um, that season. And and it was just amazing. Hey, Trey, you're cracking me up here, man, because I just appreciate how you remember exactly to the yard, all your stats, man, the dates of the games. That's really cool, man. And obviously congratulations sure. to you for having such a great career, man. But, hey, you know, I mean, you had a great season this past one. Your first team all sunbelled as an all-purpose back. I want you to tell me, and then Rick here and all our listeners, what did you really want to work on as you entered this season? What was one aspect of your game that, you know, you thought, hey, you know what, I can really improve on this, and you went out this past winter and spring and even summer and really kind of dedicated your time to improve? I just wanted to improve on a lot of my, my blocking and – and most of my game, I just wanted to improve on was my leadership towards my team. You know, I just wanted to go out there and be that leader and be that vocal leader to my team and not only just be versatile, but, you know, help my squad and be that spark for my squad. You know, just come through and make a play for my team to get my team going. You know, I, I, I was always a hard worker. You know, I was always going to do my job, but I just wanted to – to lead my team while I do that, if that makes sense. Um, but but game-wise, I want to work on my blocking. You know, I can run the ball. I'm quick. I can set up my blocks in the hole and, and burst through the hole and, you know, do all those great things, break tackles. And I got great hands out the backfield, like I said. And, I mean, I just want to work on my blocking and my top-hand speed. Talking to Trey Minter here, South Alabama do-it-all running back and all-purpose performer with Dane Vandenat, Rick Saratella. And, uh, you know, Trey, I want to follow up on the leadership aspect that you bring up. And you said you're a vocal leader. And, you know, you mentioned that you played for a championship 11-win team. And then, uh, obviously, this past season, it was a one-win season. And, uh, you know, adversity hits, and those are tough times to deal with. And, uh, keeping your teammates motivated on a weekly basis 
uh, could be a difficult task. So you mentioned you're a vocal leader. Can you give us an example of when you had to kind of use your leadership or, uh, you know, use some motivation, whether it was a, a fiery halftime locker room speech or, uh, you know, after a tough loss, if you can just kind of uh, shed some light into your leadership uh, abilities. A lot of people, you know, take leadership. Um, they look at it differently. You know, they think, you know, a vocal leader got to speak all the time. No, I feel like a vocal leader speaks when he has to, you know, um, like when the team gets down and, and, um, in situations where I have to speak up, you know, when we face an adversity, you understand? So, like, when we – our team down, like you said, at halftime, I got to come in at halftime and, and speak to the team like, hey, you know, we need to get our heads out of our butts. You know, we need to do this, we need to do that, and just keep pushing. You know, we can't get get, get down on each other. We can't point the finger. You know, we just have to keep pushing and – you know, we just got to keep going. You know, we can't get down on each other. Yeah, Trey, I mean, that'll definitely be something that, that you know, those motivating factors in the display of leadership are always things that are going to translate to the NFL, especially if you're going in there, you know, as a rookie, maybe not the starter, et cetera. Um, but, you know, my question for you, Trey, is I see you're an Oakland Raider fan and a Marshawn Lynch fan. And, uh, you know, I just came from the Raiders up there for the past decade. Are you a Raiders fan because of Marshawn Lynch, or are you a Raiders fan before we signed him a couple years ago? Um, I've always kind of been, you know, more of a Raiders fan. But, I'm, I mean, I like Marshawn Lynch, but I was, I was more of a Raiders fan before he got there. All right. Well, that, I, so my I love real question here, my real question here, Trey, for you is, uh, you know, is it Marshawn or do you have an NFL running back you try to pattern your game after? I mean, you know, who'd you kind of grow up idolizing, watching, and sitting there saying, man, I want to run like him? I mean, is there any one guy like that, or are there a couple guys maybe? Who really inspired me to play football It was Reggie Bush. When I see him run the football for the first time at USC, I was inspired, man. You know, that that what led me to get number five also. You know, it was just ironic that, Number five was my first jersey. I didn't ask for it. You know, it was given to me. But um, Reggie Bush, watching him just run the football, it was exciting to watch. You know, I've I seen a lot of running backs run. But watching him run, I was like, man, I want to be I want to be just like that guy on the football field when I run the ball. Hey, well, you got no arguments here, Trey. I remember Reggie coming out of USC, uh, arguably the most exciting player just in terms of uh, fun to watch prospects coming out of college. And, uh, you know, you mentioned Marshawn Lynch. I see you have a linebacker background in, in high school, so, you know, maybe some physicality coming into play there with your running style. But, hey, I want to go outside the lines. You've been doing a great job breaking down your game. Uh, what do you, what is Trey Minter doing uh, during his spare time when he's not playing football, preparing for football? Uh, you have any activities or hobbies that you enjoy? Yeah, man, I just be at home, kick back, chilling, man, playing video games with my friends and and enjoying my family. You know, family and friend. I'm a family guy, so I'm a real big family guy. So I just like enjoying my family on my off time and and taking care of my little girl Lily under the cold, Minter. 
Well, hey, Trey, I got a question for him, man, because not only were you all Sun Belt, but we got a number of guys coming from the, the all Sun Belt team out to Pasadena with you. But so my question for you is not necessarily guys who just got the accolades this season, but, you know, who's maybe the toughest guy you went against this year? Is there a defender, whether on your own team or on another team, but is there a guy you went against? You're kind of like, man, that is one mean mother. Like, like that's a difficult guy for me to go up against. Who's the best guy you played against this year? Um, I don't – I feel like I can't give mm, – that's a hard one. That's a tough one. Um, I can say – I can give you a defense that was tough to go against this year. And exactly. I have to give my hat to, to Georgia Southern. I mean, they did pack the box. But they they was a hard defense to you know just just plow through. Okay, we got a Georgia Southern defender coming, so uh, you know might be on the same team down Pasadena. He might be uh, you know going up against him again. So uh, you know that's going to be all right. But hey, Trey, if you're going to bring one teammate with you wherever you get drafted, wherever you sign into the NFL, who are you bringing with you? I had to bring one teammate. As far as any like Garden City, my high school, college. Uh, let's let's stick with uh, USA for right now. South Alabama. Yes, sir. All right, one player. Who's one guy you're bringing? I mean, just maybe one of the guys you know is the grittiest guy on the team, or. Maybe, you know, your fullback or, or whomever, man. Who's one player that you'd sit there and say, man, I want this guy in the foxhole with me. This is one guy that I want going with me because I know he's going to help me win a championship. Do we have to be from this past year? Uh, no, man, you, you take it wherever you want. I'd say Bull Barge, man. Bull Barge from uh, 2017, he was a dog, man. He was a linebacker for us. Bull Bars, he worked his butt off. He grinded. He pushed me every single day in the off season, and I got to tip my hat off for the Bull Bars. And where is he now? Um, I think he's playing. I think he's playing in a. I don't think he's playing football right now. Okay, but uh, he actually tried out for. I want to say Canadian. He actually tried out okay. for Canadian, but I don't know how that how that went. He's just undersized, man. He, but he he was a dog, man. Gotcha. He's just undersized. Well, hey, Trey. Speaking of undersized, man. Last one for you, and we'll get you out of here. Uh, you know, you're going to be labeled all kinds of different things when you go out to Pasadena, and undersized might be one of them. Uh, coming from the Sun right. Belt Conference, you know, uh, people say, "Hey, he's not playing in the Power Five, and heck." Uh, you even played in Lad Peebles Stadium, and the Senior Bowl didn't want you. So uh, my final question to you is going to be, and we get NFL personnel who listen to these shows, so, you know, start yourself to the teams. I mean, uh, what about the teams that question your size or the level of competition? What would you say to those folks? Oh, man, we love that. We love the doubt, man. That's, that's what drives me. You know, that's what keeps me motivated. That's what, that's what I think about when I work out. You know, that's what drives me. We love the, we love the doubt. So, I'm up for the challenge, you know. I want to be the underdog going into everything. I like it. Hey, well, I love that uh, mentality, and I'm looking forward to uh, meeting you in person out there in Pasadena. 
And, uh, hey, we appreciate you hopping on, taking some time here to chop it up with us. And uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks, my man. Yes, sir. I thank you. I appreciate everything. All right, Trey. Look forward to seeing you, man. All right. Thank All right. you. We got it. Very good. Trey Minter, South Alabama, running back, kick returner, punt returner, pass catcher, man of many hats. And you get a chance to see them all week long out in Pasadena on the NFL Network as they uh, provide coverage of our practices. And then, of course, the game on January 18th, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, before we wrap things up here, Dane, any final thoughts or impressions after speaking with Trey? Well, I mean, it's just great to obviously hear about the versatility and the experience that he has. Obviously, a lot of the guys are going to be playing on Sundays in the NFL you know, played a number of positions and likely both sides of the ball in high school, et cetera. But, you know, it's always like I alluded, like I mentioned when I asked Stray and posed him the question, it's the guys that can be more than just a first and second down runner that are going to have the best chance of sticking in the NFL. I mean, unless you're a top 10 player in the NFL, you got to be able to, again, you know, provide some different, um, you know, value in a litany of areas. So for him to have that, you know, ability to come out the backfield and catch the football, contribute on special teams, those are all things that are going to help him. So just him having that mindset, being that underdog, I really hope that, let's be honest, he's in the backyard of the Senior Bowl. He's in Mobile, Alabama, where the Senior Bowl hosts their annual event. The fact that he didn't receive an invitation for their game and, you know, he's going to be coming out to Pasadena. I mean, hey, you know, obviously he's going to be our treasure. And I hope that that's going to be an extra chip on his shoulder that's going to make him go out there and continue to prove the naysayers wrong. So, um, you know, kudos to him for obviously a, a terrific and prolific collegiate career. And I just really hope that he's going to, you know, wow you and I, Rick Saratella, live and, and as well as all of our NFL buddies who are going to be out there in Pasadena. I, I'm looking forward to it, and I enjoyed listening to his uh, journey from uh, you know community college to South Alabama and, and getting that explanation because here's a guy who, coming out of high school, he was getting recruited by some big-time programs, Auburn, Florida, Florida State, LSU, Michigan, Georgia. So, uh, you know, he, he, this isn't a guy that's come out of nowhere here. This is big game pedigree coming out of the high school ranks, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him out there, of course, uh, you know, 162 yards all-purpose yards per game, uh, ranked third nationally in the whole entire country. So this is an electrifying playmaker, a guy that, you know, you, you heard me say he might be undersized, but uh, very thick, built, and elusiveness. So there's going to be a lot of excitement out in Pasadena. And I, I always like to try to project. I, I try to, you know, before I go out to any All-Star game, I always like to see who's going to be the guys that are going to make the splash plays. I, you know, grab my attention. You know, there's those splash plays throughout the week that just kind of stick with you and say, hey, that's what the guy's upside is. And I think Trey Minter from South Alabama is a guy who might make some splash plays out in Pasadena. And then, hey, you know, we like to go uh, dipping in the pool and, and uh, breaking down players. So we'll be back uh, leading up to Pasadena, you know, profiling more of these prospects that we'll have out at the ninth annual NFLPA Collegiate Bowl, January 18th, 7 p.m. Eastern time on the NFL Network. Make sure you check out the website, collegiate.nflpa.com. 
of course, uh, you can get the full list of coaches that we kind of briefly touched on uh, at the beginning of the show. And then uh, all of our player interviews, we got some Q&As trickling in. We've got some uh, podcasts uh, out there. So there's uh, nonstop content on the website, of course, at NFL PA Bowl. On Twitter is another way to get all the uh, information pouring out from all of our scouts, from Dane and myself and Von Hutchins and Dave McLuhan and all those guys are out there on the Twitterverse so if you go on uh, at NFL PA Bowl you'll see they'll have all the interviews they'll have all our tweets and it's a good way to just find us and follow us and keep the tabs as we break it all down leading up to that 2020 NFL draft out in Las Vegas so we appreciate everyone who tuned in on Block Talk Radio, iTunes Make sure you subscribe it and like it. And, hey, drop us a review. We always appreciate that. Until the next time, everybody. The NFLPA Collegiate Bowl Watchlist Show is part of the All Access Football Network. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe. 